0: On this episode of Common Mystics, we discuss spellcasting, our meeting with famous psychic medium, Kim Russo, and the origin story of our podcast. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. And we are Common Mystics. And we're excited today to talk to you about how we discover that we are more powerful psychically when we're together. It's true. Let's get right into it. The first time we
1: used our psychability together? Intentionally. Intentionally. When was that?
0: That happened for the first time when we were living together around the year 2001. You and I had rented a house for about three years with our mother and my husband. Right. And the four of us lived there together.
1: And we had a happy home. <laughs>
0: We had our ups and downs, but it was a fun time. I'm sure
1: your husband would have some
0: thoughts on that. (laughs) He does, but he's not (laughs) in this podcast. So we had fun, but um, we had a visitor. A visitor? We had an
1: invader. So, So we had a family member that lived out of town. And she, her name Tara, was going to visit us for two weeks. So mom sat us down and was like, hey, girls, hey, we are going to have a visitor for about two weeks. And Jen and I were like, OK, fine. Two weeks, we can do two, oh, two
0: weeks. weeks. We can do two weeks. We weren't thrilled about it. Not we didn't ideal. Have a, it wasn't a huge house. We would have to share space. But that's fine. Whatever. Two weeks, we could do it. Right. But right away, she was... Showing blatant disrespect to those of us who are living there. Hmm. And it was, it started with little things. Like I would use the brown bananas to make banana, banana bread. Tara would throw out the brown bananas every time. And then I had this plant in the kitchen that did not like direct light. Every morning, Tara would. Open up the blinds so that the direct light would be on my plant. And if I didn't notice it, my plant would be dying above the, the sink in the kitchen.
1: Every morning when I was getting coffee, I walked upstairs to Jennifer closing the blinds and explaining to Tara that the plant will die. It does not like direct
0: sunlight. That happened every morning, Monday through Friday, as well as cleaning the coffee grounds off the wall because when Tara would make coffee and throw away the old grounds, she inevitably would get them all over the wall surrounding the trash can. Mm. Again, blatant disrespect. Little and things when she was little things. Little things. When she was burning candles in our basement where she was staying, she would use my fine china that I just got from my wedding a few years before. Now, if you're going to burn candles, you could find, I don't know, a million other more appropriate things to do it on other than someone's brand new china. Just rude. And it's not like our house isn't filled with candle holders. Honestly. No kidding. Yeah. So (sighs) what did did you experience? Well,
1: this is a safe space. So I'm
0: going to tell (laughs) you.
1: (laughs) One time... I had bought a Weber's birthday cake for my then-boyfriend, and I had it stored. Best
0: cake in the state of Illinois.
1: It's a true statement.
0: That's not hyperbole. It is the best state. I I stand by that statement. Yes, yes. Best cake. Anyway, so so you had the best cake in the world, basically, in your refrigerator.
1: Downstairs in the basement where – because I had a bedroom in the basement. Our family room was in the basement. And a utility room with the extra fridge was in the basement. And that fridge was holding that birthday cake. It was not presented to my boyfriend yet. And that cake was (laughs) – Minding its own business in that fridge. And I hear in the middle of the night, someone creep and open up the fridge door and carry that cake upstairs. So I follow it. I knew something insidious was happening. And I walked in the kitchen to Tara in the moonlight with no lights on, eating the birthday cake out of the box with her bare hands like a friggin' raccoon. And I was like, <laughs> Dude. What are you doing? And she's like, "Ah, Jill, thin people can eat cake. And I was like, not this cake, not this time. So I smuggle the cake away, go downstairs, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Are you serious right now? So I ended up having just to eat the cake and not giving it to the boyfriend because now it's destroyed. (laughs) Well,
0: you got to do what you got to do at that point. (laughs) You can't. You don't don't throw out cake that good.
1: (laughs) I was so disappointed when I was eating it the next day, shaking my head.
0: (laughs) Damn her. (laughs) Didn't have to be like this. My precious. (laughs) So that happened. There was another situation, though, that happened in your bedroom. Oh, yes. Mm. Again. (sighs) safe
1: space safe space
0: are you still (laughs) upset about the cake (laughs) too soon do you need more time can we pause this right now
1: Okay, so at the time I was smoking like a smoky lalas. I was a pack deep a day in Newport. And so I the only room in the house that you were able to smoke, which was really nice of my family, was my bedroom. And so Tara was joining me for a cigarette in my bedroom. And she had asked me, she's like, Do you think I should marry the guy that I just met? And I was like, Well, Tara, you just met the guy. So I don't know, maybe wait like, I don't know, three months. How about that? And she was making eye contact with me as she put her cigarette out on my down comforter. And she goes, oops. Uh Uh-huh. And so I was like, you need to get out of my room like right now. And she was like, I don't have to get anywhere. And I was like, no, you do. And so I picked her up. (laughs) I say picked her up, but I did. I directed her out of my room (laughs) via her shoulders.
0: But she wouldn't you leave. You bodily removed her. It needed to be done. You removed her bodily from your room. She's
1: lucky I didn't remove I- I her bodily
0: you. after the cake it- incident. <laughs> You're Just right. saying,
1: I think I showed extreme self-control. <laughs> anyway, so then the guy, instead of Tara leaving after two weeks, the guy, like, I don't know, Three months the in, the boyfriend that she wants to marry comes to stay with us too. So now, not only did she not leave, then she brings her boyfriend, and the boyfriend's like this six, seven. Man that had just recently gone through this physical transformation of health and wellness. So he lost a lot of weight and he's really into working out. And he thinks Tara is like the bee's knees, the prize, nizzle. Mm-hmm. his little trophy girl, and that he was going to defend her by Coming after me physically, hearing the incident of how I had to walk her out of my room after she burned a hole in my down blanket.
0: So basically, he was going to beat up a girl.
1: Yeah, he was going to beat me up, specifically, Mm -hmm. to defend Tara's honor. And so one Saturday, I had been staying away from the house because I didn't want to deal with all this nonsense. I don't need that drama. So I was staying at a friend's house, but I came home on a Saturday, and no one was home, and I was able to do a couple loads of laundry instead of paying for it somewhere in the city. So I was like, I'll just do my laundry real quick get in and out. And I ended up taking a nap in my bedroom while Tara and her boyfriend arrived back at the house and took advantage of me being vulnerable alone in the house, but also asleep. So they barge into my bedroom and they start yelling at me about the just horrible things, and I'm asleep, and I'm like, What the hell is going on? So I get up and I'm like, You need to leave my room, and they would not leave to the point where they wouldn't even let me leave my room. So I actually pass through them as I'm calling the police on my flip cell phone. So I flip it up and I call 911, and I'm on the phone with the dispatcher as I was able to pass underneath the man's arm to get upstairs. And at this time, I'm running as fast as I can. I'm trying to get into my mom's bedroom as Jennifer comes home.
0: Right, so I walk through the door and I see this scene of Jill running up the stairs being in a hot pursuit by Tara and her boyfriend. Now, as soon as I walked in the door, I knew I was interrupting something and it kind of changed the energy. Right. You know, that they saw that I was there witnessing this. See,
1: the problem is, is that this whole time that Tara's been living with us, I've been explaining to my mom that like, she's not okay. She's doing things that are, are disturbing and and Tara is making it seem like I'm crazy because she's only doing them when no one's around to witness it. So my mm-hmm. mom thinks that oh Jill's just being dramatic. And it's true. I have a dramatic flair. That's fair, but I was legit being terrorized by this person. You
0: were not making this up, and I saw firsthand. So I became your ally. Like, this is not in Jill's head. This is really happening. So the police come that day, and the police tell Tara and her boyfriend that they
1: can't be at the house unless our mom is there, Jennifer and I's mom is there, Stella. So they leave, but what ends up happening is that mom – believes me, number one, because then Jen says, Mm -hmm. no, mom, this is really happening. And so mom tells Tara and her boyfriend that they can't stay at the house anymore. But mom is going to pay for them to stay at a hotel.
0: Now, our mother was working two jobs. She did not have any extra money to put into a hotel room for these two people. It just it's so, so infuriating.
1: And again, this is like a quarter of the year and
0: this person is not leaving. Like, she was right. supposed and to And she's be still here. coming to the house. Yes. She and her boyfriend are still coming to the house. Sure, they're sleeping at the hotel, but they're still there. Right. Like, just to, like, rub salt in the wound. See, we do belong here. Right. So what else was happening
1: as that was going on? What was going on with you and Tara?
0: Well, you know, my husband and I, we were living in that house with you and mom, but we were looking to buy our own, and we were actually in the process of buying a townhome. <laughs> you home. guys are trying to get out? <laughs> We were. We were. They had an escape plan, a strategy. Exactly right. And when you're in the process of buying a house, you have to go through all kinds of credit checks. Well, come to find out that um someone had opened loans in my name and wasn't paying on them. That's in other words. Weird. Isn't that odd? Hmm. Come to find out that it was Tara who had stolen my social security number and my identity to take out oh upwards of about five thousand dollars worth of loans um that were in default. So what happens?
1: Like did you end up buying her house it's a It's a huge headache.
0: Yeah, I did end up buying the house. It was a huge headache to get it off my credit, but we were able to do it when we confronted her because we had the documents and saw her signature she Ugh. i mean i could recognize her signature it wasn't my signature did she admit it she she did she admitted it um later Ugh. but i mean we're kind of off topic so okay, sorry. i find this out and it was devastating because it was going to potentially ruin my chances for buying my home.
1: Yeah, everything was just, it was raw. We were desperate. Mom was paying for this hotel room. It was just out of control and no one was helping us. It was. So at this time, I say to Jennifer, kind of as a joke, because Jennifer isn't into any of this at this point. I was like, Jen, we need to do a spell. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer
0: said to my surprise, Hell yeah, (laughs) we are. We are going to take matters into our own hands and... Banish this person from our lives.
1: Exactly. So I do the research and I try to find a spell in like the 19, like the early 2000s internet. And I think that I find one that can work for us with some tweaking. (laughs) So I approached Jen again and I'm like, I think I found one that would work for us. So on, I believe it was the night of a new moon. And
0: Jill, just to be clear, we were not trying to hurt her. No. We didn't want to do anything bad to her. We just wanted her away from
1: us. We did not want to be negatively affected by her and her bullshit any longer. So we gather the supplies and at the phase of the new moon, Jen and I are inside my bedroom in Woodridge and we are sitting knee to knee cross-legged on the floor of my bedroom. And in between us is a written out intention. It was a prayer that just says, please protect us and get this person's energy out of our space. And we had a white candle. We had some of her hair from a hairbrush. We had a picture of her and we had a ribbon or twine. So the spell was we were supposed to say the intention that we had written down. We were going to light the candle, burn the picture, the hair with the candle, then We wrapped up the ashes from the hair and the picture in the affirmation around the candle and then bound the candle with the ribbon or string as we continuously meditate on that intention, saying the prayer over and over and over and over again. And we were supposed to sit there in that space until we felt convinced that it, w- it had taken hold. Then right. in the light of the new moon, we were supposed to bury the candle and its contents as it was wrapped inside, under, in the ground. So that's what we did. So,
0: so we were sitting knee to knee saying this intention over and over and over again. And at some point we both look up and we looked into each other's eyes and that's when I knew, that's when you knew that, something was really happening. There. Right.
1: We were at first we were saying it out loud and then we had our eyes closed and we were saying it in our head. And at some point, Jennifer and I looked at each other and it felt like it sealed the deal. We knew that this, we knew, we knew it was working. There felt like there was a dense, thick energy between us. Like there was really mm-hmm. like this was happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. It was insane how much power I felt was there right there between us.
1: So we got up and, and Crazy. we went in the backyard and we buried And I don't even think we spoke because we knew what we had to do at that point. So in silence, we went outside and we buried it and
0: it's still there today. We have not disturbed. Yeah. We never moved it. And by the way, um, Tara moved back out of town altogether and didn't come back at all until about 15 years later for, uh, for our mother Stella's funeral. And then she left again. So I call that a win. Effective. (laughs) Yeah. I think what was so important, Jill, about the effectiveness of that spell was the intention. You and I were so single-minded and so in sync in terms of what the intention was, you know, and we were so motivated by all of the negative energy and the way she was affecting us and our mother. What do you think? After
1: Tara left, um, I remember saying to mom, like, Jennifer and I did that, and she was so mad at us. (laughs) She's like, she really you don't know mad. what you're doing. Stop fooling around with this stuff. And I was like, it worked. G. I was like, it worked. <laughs> like, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> it did work. It did. Anyway, so uh, that was that was one very notable time in our history together when we just when we knew that we amplify each other's powers. When was another one? Another time Uh,
1: My favorite I love when you tell this story It's our Kim Russo story When she became our BFF
0: Yay (laughs) Kim Russo Gosh, I lo- have loved Kim Russo for a long time. She's on TV. She did cele- She does celebrity ghost stories. She takes different celebrities into different locations and helps them understand why they might have been haunted at a certain point. But she's just so lovely and just so gracious and so talented. I've always she's liked her. She's so
1: good at what she does. And it's really about the celebrity or the person she's trying to help and not about her at all. Right. So you actually had gotten tickets to see her. Was it 2015? It was 2015. and Yeah, she was going to be in Detroit. Right. And I had bought tickets for me and my best friend to go. But for reasons that we're not going to discuss, my best friend couldn't go. So I called mom and I was like, Ugh. I bought this ticket to see Kim Russo and I have no one to go with me now. And my mom was like, You need to invite your sister. And the thing is, at the time, I was not feeling Jen. She was mean to me. I was like, Mom, I don't want to deal with oh, this.
0: Right, right. <laughs> we our relationship was a little strained at that time. And I think it was – I don't want to get into it, but it wasn't just me and it wasn't just you. It was we were reliving some baggage from our chaotic childhood and we were kind of in patterns that were not – that weren't healthy.
1: So at the time, mom suggested Jen. I was like, ugh, fine, Jennifer. And so Jen was like, yeah. And she actually paid for the ticket, which was nice because I wasn't expecting that. But so Jen was going to come to my house on a Saturday night and we were going to drive the following morning, a Sunday to Detroit to see Kim Russo and for her to do a demonstration to the audience. So Jen, right.
0: Saturday night you drive up. Right. So that night I drive up to your house and I remember saying, let's get our psychic on. Let's get ready for tomorrow. So we were sitting on your couch, feet to um, feet, feet to feet, feet to (laughs) feet. And we were talking and we had wine and we were just talking about, we're talking about dreams, dreams. we're talking about and experiences. past life experiences, past life, right, type things. And I remember saying that I feel a close connection with France, specifically the south of France. And I'd never been there and I have no reason to feel a connection to it. And I just wonder about about if that's because I had a past life experience there and you talked about New Orleans right. in a similar and manner right and i felt right? like
1: i felt mm-hmm. that same way about new orleans and and we were talking about kindle cuz i had a, our family dog kindle jennifer ended up taking mm-hmm. care of in her later days and we were talking about kindle and how kindle loves jennifer well and how
0: um how we wonder too if if she's around sometimes mm-hmm. remember like if she's around us cuz sometimes we we swear that she is mm-hmm. right 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 mhm we also
1: discussed if we got a chance to talk to her because there was no guarantees, what would we ask her?
0: That's right. That's right. So I, That's right. That was a big part in, of it.
1: In her show, when she's like helping people understand the hauntings that they experience, she will say, I think that you're um, psychic. I think you're a medium. And so what my big question, I was like, do you think she's going to think I'm a medium? And <laughs> so that was my question. What were your questions? Right.
0: Well, you at the time were researching or trying to find our dad and we hadn't, I was 16 when he left town and you were what? Nine. So, you know, we, we had no idea where he was and you were doing genealogy and it would have been great to find him. So The problem was you didn't know what you were looking for. We didn't even know if he was still alive. So I think my question or our question would be to Kim Russo, is our dad alive or dead? Right. Right. Absolutely. And this was in 2015. Mm -hmm. So those are the big questions that we had. Is that, does that sum it up? We also knew because our grandmother had just recently died, our grandmother, Irina. And we have a bonus pod about her, too. But I think you and I both knew that if anybody comes through for us, it's going to be Absolutely. grandma. Absolutely. If if this was going to happen, we knew that grandma
1: was going to make this happen. So we kind of put it out in the universe, like our drunken affirmations, like, grandma.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> grandma, come out for us. Come through for us. So <laughs> it's true. That's that's what we did. Right. So, so the next morning, we get up. We get packed up. We're going to drive to Detroit. It's a few hours, right? we get in the car we start driving and then i ask you jill did you bring those crystals right because
1: in the show P- kim will gift crystals like rocks like quartz to um her guests so we were going to gift her if we got the opportunity with um with crystals so i picked some out and i left them unfortunately on the living room coffee table
0: so i said no exactly so we left the the crystals at home, unfortunately. But I was like, "It's all right. It's all right. We don't want to be late. It's fine. We don't need the crystals." So we get there, and we're a little early. And we, we are park, hopping. and I remember <laughs> we are literally hopping out of the car. Oh, we, are so, we are so charged. We are t- totally people get are, out we're of like our buzzing way across the. <laughs> They literally
1: get out of our way when they see us coming. I'm a very tall individual. And couple that with the energy of what we were feeling. Like, literally, people were staring at us. And we were hopping
0: like Barbie dolls. So anyway, so we get in there. And we're seated about six rows back in the center. Which I think are good seats. that was a little... Well, you know what I was—I was wondering because usually when you see dem- demonstrations like this by psychics, usually they read the outside, they read the front, they read the sides on the aisles, and we weren't on an aisle, so I was like, "Er, mm. we really need to like project our energy." So you and I were sitting like totally straight. You and I were like sitting <laughs> up, sitting up all straight, and we were just like smiling and just like sending out vibes. We were probably like ridiculous, yes. like vibrating, like sending. We looked ridiculous. ridiculous. So Kim Russo comes on the stage and she starts her show and she's pacing back and forth on the stage. She's talking about her philosophy, her process, how she works. And she says, if you've ever felt a draw to an area, perhaps a place you've never been, it might be because you've had a past life experience there. And Jill and I hear this and we turn and And we turn our heads and look at each other like, hmm, hmm, isn't that interesting? Because we were just talking about that the night before. And then she talks about some other things. And then she says, and if you've ever wondered if pets have souls and if they can come through in a reading, yes, they can. Anything living has a soul, is made of energy, and they can come through in a reading. Again, Jill and I turn our heads all (laughs) owl-like. We look at each other. Hmm. It's like she was there with us, right? So then she comes down the steps and she's standing in the front row. And she starts uh, starts by saying, now, if I say something that you think relates to you, please stand up and spirit will help me determine if you're the person that I'm supposed to be reading for today. Also, the people
1: in your party should stand up with you. (laughs) She does say that.
0: She does say that. So the, the first thing she says is that she's getting the name Eileen, L, with an L, Eileen. Now, you know, and I know, and many of our listeners know, that we have a grandma, Irene, with an R. Right. But right away, Jill, you were like, you almost stood up and I have my hand (laughs) on your shoulder. I'm like, no, it's not us. And you're like, hey, that's us. And I'm like, no, it's not us. And so she keeps saying, Eileen, I'm hearing an Eileen. Nobody else claims that name, but she moves on. And actually, I think she reads for somebody else, Mm, right? right. In like the first or second row or something, whatever. So, So Eileen is still hanging there. There's no resolution. And then she says that she sees the initials J. J, J. Now obviously I'm Jennifer, Jill is Jill. and now again, you are like popping <laughs> out of your seat and I'm holding you back like, no, 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 it might not be us. And you're like, oh, I think it's us. <laughs> and then Kim nothing, you know, nobody, nobody stands up. She's like J and a J, and then Eileen, and then she says, Elizabeth, and then there was no holding <laughs> you back at that point. You're like, I'm going, <laughs> because my middle <laughs> name
1: stand up. My middle name is Elizabeth, so I'm like, this is us. I can't take it anymore. So Jennifer,
0: I break free from her grasp, and I'm like, it's me, as I can. hey. <laughs> now, what we didn't mention is that uh, Kim has two camera people on either side of her. And the setup is we're in this auditorium in the middle of a casino. And then there's this huge screen. So everything that the camera people are shooting is showing up on the screen. So now Jill is huge. Larger like than Motron, life. <laughs> like larger, much larger than life right up on the screen. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's she, we're doing it. We're, <laughs> we're doing this but Jill stands up and then someone else, an Elizabeth stands <sighs> up. So now we have two people, right? And you, you, uh, exercised a lot of restraint and you did not beat up the other Elizabeth because you were so sure. It was totally that the reading was for us. Totally. So at that point, Kim says spirit will decide who I'm supposed to talk to. And so she comes now and rounds the corner and walks up the aisle of the, the seating area. And she's looking at Jill and she's looking at this other Elizabeth and she's quiet for a minute. And then she says, who brought the stone in their wallet? And then I'm like, all right, Jill, sit down because we both know you left those crystals, those stones at your house. And all of a sudden, (laughs) Jill yells, oh, my (laughs) God. She opens up, and she's on camera, and she's on screen, this huge jumbo, jumbo screen. She's shaking. (laughs) She's holding her purse. She takes out her wallet. She goes into her wallet, and she holds up as if it were like Simba. Simba. (laughs) She holds up this big opal stone, and the crowd goes, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) and Jill passes it. You know, one person to the next down to the end where Kim takes it and holds it up and everybody is silent in this auditorium. And it is very clear that the reading was for us because Jill had this stone in her wallet and had forgotten about it Mm. until that moment when Kim asked who had it. So that other Elizabeth was a little bitter. She was and very she sad. Sat down.
1: But Jennifer was. She was supposed dead. to stand up, but Jennifer isn't standing up. So I have to pull Jennifer at like the back of her, her shirt. I was like, get up! I was like, Kim Russo, you told us to to stand up, and my sister isn't standing up. This is Jennifer, so I have to pull her up, like a rabbit so, yeah, out of a he hat. Lifted me
0: up by the. You lifted me up by the neck. Yeah, exactly. So now we're both on this jumbo screen, feeling really uncomfortable, and you gift the. Crystal the opal. No, opal to to Kim because she says it's beautiful and you're like I would love for you to have it like you were so emotional and I was embarrassed oh. and um she said thank you and she took it very graciously and then she turns to you Jill and she says you're a psychic medium too I was so excited and if you recall that was a question that you had had and then the way she stands changes and she kind of like squats a little bit and squares off like grandma used to stand and square off. She holds uh, her left hand in a fist and her right hand like she's holding a needle and she starts sewing like she's darning a sock. And doing that, was exactly how grandma used to sit at her kitchen table and darn socks. Mm. So she starts doing that and she says I'm getting your grandmother and you and I are like crying now. No, well, Jennifer's crying hysterical and we're on the jumbo trip. Oh my god. I Jennifer <laughs> is like seriously crying like wet. Anyway, so uh so it's grandma. Clearly it's grandma. And Kim Kim picks up her hand then and it's like she's picking something up and moving it out of the way. And she goes, your grandma's doing this with your father. She's taking him out of your life and moving him somewhere else. Now, for Kim to even go there, to just mention dad, like out of the blue, he was, if you're thinking about like the family members in our lives, he was the one that was least like present and close to us. So for her to go right to dad was weird. weird. So we're like, yes, that's, that's very, very true. And then she says... I don't predict people's deaths, but your father is either very, very close to crossing over or he has just crossed over. Again, super weird because that was the question that we posed the night before. And then she says to us, do you have any questions for me? And we were both shocked. And all we could say was no, you answered all our questions. I think this situation is so so pivotal for me personally because I realized that we brought that reading about by asking grandma the night before Mm. to show up. Mm. And it was around that time after grandma passed that I was starting to come to terms with my own personal psychic power. And to have that happen with you there was validating. And also I realized... There's real power in setting an intention and it feels even stronger when I do it with you. Mm, Thank you. My takeaway from that situation is that
1: grandma for me is not only paying attention to us, but she's actively working on our behalfs to help us even in the most ridiculous ways. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't a life or death situation. This was just her. It was almost like her flexing her muscles. And letting us know, like, not only was she there, but she's helping us. And all we had to do was ask. I love that. I really
0: do feel like that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well said. And also, I just want to say we did have meet and greet tickets and we met Kim Russo afterwards. And she is just the loveliest, loveliest person and the real deal. So watch Kim Russo. Jennifer scared her bodyguards. Jennifer scared me. Like, Jennifer
1: was so flipping excited to see her. Like, the bodyguards came rushing at us like Secret Service. I was like, it's okay. She's fine. And she goes, oh, my sisters.
0: And I was like, oh, my God, I wasn't even so I know. I know. I know. Anyway, that was totally Oh, cool. you
1: know what else came from that experience? After Kim Russo, I remember calling mom on the way home. And I was like, I'm a psychic medium. And mom was like, is that what we're calling it? I was like, uh-huh. And so... <laughs> I was like, that is true. And so it gave me the opportunity to seek out strangers to really practice my craft. And it was that up until that time, I was only really reading in a non-formal way for like my friends and family. I really developed a relationship and tried to have an understanding of how I was communicating and how people were communicating on the other side. And it was almost a year to the day later that mom died. And because I had that experience... I was able to know when mom was talking to me after she died. I was
0: able to continue my relationship with mom. Wow. So that was really pivotal for you on a personal level too. So then the last story we wanted to share, and which is really the origin story of our podcast, is um, you and I would, we would go out on adventures. Sometimes we would walk places. Sometimes we would drive. And what we were doing was, we were uh, picking up on psychic impressions, and then we would use each other to validate those impressions. So we might go to a cemetery, and I would say, I'm feeling this. And you would say, I'm not. I'm feeling this. Or, yes, I am feeling this. I'm also feeling this. So we kind of used each other as a sounding board to, to practice. right. And it was in 2019. Well, let me tell you this. At the time, one of my best friends and I were
1: like, we need to do a podcast. And it was like, we were talking about that. And then another friend of mine um, who I met in a psychic community was like, we should do a podcast. So I told Jennifer like, oh yeah, my friend and this friend and this friend want to do a podcast with me. And then Jennifer was like, do you think we can do a podcast together? And I was like, Jennifer, that's not, that not what happened. literally what happened.
0: That is not you, how I remember it. I remember you saying, Jennifer, will you do a podcast with me? Jennifer, will you do a podcast that's with not, me? And me saying, no, Jill, I do not want to do a podcast with you. I don't like my voice so recorded. And I have nothing to say to you.
1: <laughs> Telling stories. No, that's one. I, no, you were kidding around at first. And you put it out there. And then I was like, well, if you're serious, yeah, let's do it. And anyway. But well, we didn't really have a concept. No, we didn't have a concept. And she wasn't serious because she didn't know. We didn't have a concept. And...
0: She, and and she was like, I, what are we going to talk about? But we did keep going, you know, on these adventures together. Because it's fun. That's what we so did. So 2019. It's our bonding. It is. It's We did it for entertainment.
1: What's funny about it is that, like, people would be like, oh, what did you do at Jennifer's house? And we are like, oh, we uh, went to a cemetery. And they are like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we went to the cemetery. Like- then we came home, did tarot, and got drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? And pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what we still do really. Only now we bring cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Anyway, so 2019, you come over to my house. We're bored. We're like, oh, let's, you know, drive around, see what we can find. We end up driving to Seneca, Illinois, and we stop at a church, St. Patrick's in Seneca, Illinois, has this grotto. Of the Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary. And there's a sign there that indicates that there was um, a slaughter, that a, a Native American group killed the first Catholic martyr in yeah. Illinois. killed a priest who who was now considered to be the very first Catholic martyr in the state of Illinois. So that was weird that we just kind of like came upon this, you know, major event on that very site. And then we were driving around. No, no, we
1: found a mill. Remember the mill? there was this big red what looked to be an abandoned building right off of railroad tracks and we pull in there and we just the the energy of the space just seemed like it was vibrating and we knew something was there and we saw we approached the mill and there was a way in like one of the bays was open and it was just black and Jen and I were like there, oh, remember that
0: something. But yeah, yeah. We're that like, was we really are not creepy. going in there. you are, we are ex- not going mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm.
1: mill. But it felt like there was something, like something stirred up. If that makes sense, there was something stirred up yeah. about this town, not just at the church and also at the mill. So now we're curious. We're like, well, what the hell right. is going on at this town? So then we get back in the car and we drive and we find
0: the cemetery. Now the cemetery is the creepiest cemetery that I've ever found with you because the the land itself was almost like it was swallowing the graves. It was buckling in very strange ways and it just gave me the creepiest vibes. You too? Yeah, absolutely. And it was on a hill
1: and it had like this really steep staircase that reminded me of um the exorcist. It was like a weird vibe. And at this point, we noticed that the, the gravestones, there was a lot of people that died like untimely, like a lot of young people. There were families. At the same time.
0: Yes. Right. So, so like, there'd be like a group of gravestones all with the same death date. And we're like, what is happening? But not just one, like there'd be different pods of like these, these tombstones where people died prematurely and many of them from seemingly from the same thing. So we were like, what is even happening? So So you start Googling on your phone.
1: Absolutely. I enough. Yes. Seneca, Illinois tragedies. And it's like tragedy after tragedy after tragedy is coming up on my phone, like murder, suicide, car accidents. It's just like random crazy things. And I'm like, what the hell? So then I'm like, well, what if I just said any other town in Illinois? Yeah. Random town, Illinois tragedy. So I start naming towns and nothing like that comes up. So I'm like, dude, there is something here. So I'm sharing the information
0: with Jen. And we're standing there in the cemetery looking at your phone. And all of a sudden, I look up and I see two hawks and a baby hawk. And that's when I realized that that was spirit coming to us at that moment. Specifically, hawk is your sign for mom, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And the hawk had uh, it's
0: two babies with it. And so I said to you, is this our podcast?
1: And I was and like, we looked shut at each up. Other. This is totally our podcast.
0: And so that's when we knew like concept of our podcast was what we had been doing for years, Mm -hmm. you know, finding different places using our psychic abilities. And and then and this was the twist researching them to find validation, not just from each other, but from actual sources. And so that's how it started. Are you glad you're on this journey with me? Oh my
1: God, I love it so much. This is so
0: much fun. I'm learning so much. Me too. And it, and it is fun. And I hope our listeners think it's fun too.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to this bonus pod. If you like what you heard, check out our website, commonmystics.net. Follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Pods, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts,
0: where you can leave us a positive review, like Luke Train Sick. Luke train six wrote so insightful not only do their stories give me goosebumps but the connection between these two sisters can't be denied when you listen to their conversations flow so easily between each other thank you Luke train six thank you Luke we really appreciate it thank you guys for listening good night thanks everyone good night